Hello, my name is Tanai and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia, and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy, and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm here with Chris Rodriguez. Some of you may know him from the panel that we hosted. Um, when was that? It was a couple months ago called What Men Really Crave. And he was introduced to me by a friend, Oren, who's also been on the podcast and he was also on the panel. And this podcast was a really vulnerable and open conversation about how to make relationships work really. Yeah. How to, how to bring our authentic selves and, you know, bring everything we got to understand each other more and have more flow and love in our relationships. So I really appreciated what Chris had to say. And so I was very excited to bring him on. He's an ICF certified movement and mindset coach. So it's super fun to watch him and his videos and and content on Instagram. He's always either dancing and working out or with a combination of like motivation, you know? So it's awesome. And he's also the host of the Soulfully You podcast. So welcome. Tell us a little bit about what you do before we we dive right in. Yeah, well, first, just thank you for having me on. Uh, I kept seeing you post all of these amazing people on this podcast and some of those amazing people I know. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. And I just reached out and I was like, Hey, when can I be on? When can we have a conversation? Right. (laughs) And I love how you did. Oh my goodness. I've been wanting to have you on. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're like, you just took, you you took that in, in, in your own hands. Well, I feel like so many times what happens is in our spaces, right. We, um, we end up, saying like, ah, it was so dope working with that person. And then we all get busy. We all start doing our things, start coming out with all of our programs. And then we never touch back again. And what I found is these podcasts, this ends up being a good way for me to just kind of have the conversation that all of us are too busy to have. (laughs) Right. And we're just, we're just recording, recording what we're saying. Right. So yeah, so I'm I'm grateful to uh, to be in presence with you right now. Yeah, a little bit about me and about the work I do. So, the work I do it's really interesting because a lot of times it's it's tied to it's tied to places. And over the past couple of years, you know, with the pandemic, you know, a lot of us have been have become decentralized, right? Um, not as much connected to the places where we are uh, in space with people, right? So, a lot of the work that I was doing prior to the pandemic was I was going into going into tech companies and uh, doing wellness classes while also, you know, doing my, doing my workshops, doing my, doing my one-on-ones, a lot of that in person. Right. And then, you know, obviously the pandemic happened and the hybrid things started to happen and uh, all the, all the dance teachers and the movement teachers had to figure out, all right, how are we going to, do this space when our people not only are they not in physical presence with us but a lot of them for me in in particular a lot of people move to the bay area right for work and then they're like well 
why am I here if everything is closed? And then they, you know, so they all moved back to Miami and yeah, we have <laughs> you know, so many all these people places. Here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going I'm to just work from there. Right. So it ended up being this, um, this interesting problem of how do I create community for, for people specifically uh, my clients end up being young, female, typically tech professionals, right? If you're in tech right now, when everything was shutting down, your work was ramping up, right? So how do, it's great. It's a, it's a blessing to like still be able to work, right? But how do I not lose myself in the work and not just in the work, in the work that now I'm doing alone, right? Now I'm, you know, for me, I'm in what is now my office, but it used to be my guest room because I used to have people come and stay with me, right? <laughs> so this this whole thing where we're, we had to convert our lives a bit, right? And make a space for our work to happen in the space where where our life happens. So this finding finding balance and not losing ourselves that, that becomes the big problem. So a lot of the work that I do is around that. And um, whether it's the podcast, the Soulfully You podcast, whether it's um, one of my um, masterclasses or workshops like Soul Life Balance, um, or whether it's just my frameworks around soulful living, uh, all of it is answering this question, how can we live with more soul in all the areas of our life in the midst of political unrest, um, you know, not being with our people face to face, uh, with demands on work, with demands at home. Um, and that became the, the problem that I found that I was trying to solve for my clients, but I also was solving for my own self. Yeah, it was, it's interesting you mentioned that because I wanted to ask you, how did that question come about in your own life? I'm guessing, you know, you, you wanted to help other people because one day you woke up and said, how do I bring more, more soul into my life? So so what was happening in your life that had you ask that question? I'm pause and I breathe and I, and I take it all in, right? And I guess, you know, you ask a question about now, but you can't answer the question without going back, right? Jamaican, Puerto Rican guy from inner city, New Jersey, right? That's where, that's where, I, that's where I started. And there's no imagination for future and, you know, being someone that works with tech professionals in the Bay Area, that's like not something I could have imagined back when I was a little, when I was a little boy, right? Throughout the, the moments, some, some things had to change inside of me. The artfulness, the, um, I don't know, the creativity, that was always a part of my life. And as I got older, I realized that, you know, that works in some spaces, but it doesn't work in every space. So I need to go and learn about business and sales and, you know, how to speak, you know, quote unquote professional, how to look quote unquote professional. I had, I've had long hair my whole life. And I remember there was a moment where I said, I need to cut this off because it's not like professional, you know? Uh, so over these past couple of years, I grew my hair out again. Right. Uh, <laughs> like the, those those little those little things where I felt like in my life there was this there was a thought that if I wanted to achieve something I have to edit myself right 
you know, as, as someone who considers myself a black bodied man, so much more so that I, that I feel that where I feel like one is, you know, I have to edit myself that, 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 that style, that flavor, that urban, I don't know, swag, whatever you want to call that, like mute that because that doesn't translate in the quote unquote, again, quote unquote, professional world, this, this creativity, this artfulness that can be in work. No, that can't be there. Right. That's, this is what I thought. And also this idea of not being perceived as a threat. So softening myself, right. Quite a bit, right. Putting my, putting myself in these compartments, right. For the bag for, (laughs) you know, for the career. And at some point, I felt like I was losing myself. I was so going hard after being this professional that I wasn't, you know, going to the open mic nights I used to. I wasn't writing music anymore. I wasn't writing poetry anymore. I wasn't uh, I wasn't teaching dance classes as much. I wasn't going out as much, you know, just how, all of the- And what point of your life was this? This is, this is kind of post-college, right? Okay. This is yeah. actually right before I decided to come out to the Bay actually, me and my wife. At this time, we're in Oklahoma, graduated from school, married, you know, stayed in, stayed in Tulsa, loved it. I was working my day job. I was teaching like one or two dance class in the evening, hated my day job um, as a banker. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so I'd like wear a suit to work and then I'd leave and I'm like, all right, I'm going to my fun job. So I started putting that more and more, putting that those little pieces back into my life started going back to open mic nights and things like that. And then my wife, she's a travel nurse and, uh, or she was a, she was a nurse. And then she decided, I don't, I want to see some stuff. Like you want to do travel nurse? And I was like, cool. I hate my job. So like, let's go, you know? So we started doing three months in different places. And I said, you know, this is an opportunity for me to reinvent myself, to put things back into order, you know? So I started investing and getting all the, fitness certs and all that stuff because I know that that's the stuff that translates for people and I was like how can I put this movement piece so movement being the primary part of it right how can I put this movement piece in the front of my work right and then when we got out to the bay corporate wellness is a thing that wasn't a thing for us in 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 Oklahoma so I started going into these companies and I'm teaching classes to staff and faculty uh, at Stanford, at one point, like one of the grad business deans, she's in she's in my class. You know, I go to one of the talks at the School of Business, and she introduces me to her colleagues. I'm sitting in the front row with her because she put on this event. You know, like last week she missed class because Oprah was there. You know, like this kind of this kind of situation. And her colleagues said to me, "Oh my goodness, you're the reason why she comes back to the office so happy." And that, that clicked something in me, right. Of like bringing it back full circle. How does this, this guy from inner city, New Jersey end up sitting next to this (laughs) big deal person at Stanford and, and my hip hop dance class is bringing happiness into her life. So I started investigating what that is, Mm -hmm. right. That's where I began to formulate this idea of oh, people are missing soul in their life. 
and I was missing soul in my own life, right? So how can I practice this first for myself, right? And then how can I make um, programs, system, and just opportunities for people to um, to live more out of that soulful place versus what I would call the shallows of every area of their life, right? Yeah, that's so good. I heard so much in, in what you just shared. And in that last bit, it's just, you know, I, I always hear from my teachers how I, I just need to follow my heart and everything that I'm looking for will be on that path. And so in this hip hop class is where this woman is that's like, you know, the kind of the kind of people that you want to help. And it's, you know, it's just like that connection was there in, in this in the space where you were following your own heart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's you know it's wild how it works that way how yeah. these synchronicities aren't so random like it really happened right. in a space where you were fully yourself and fully expressed yeah you know it, it really is interesting right because I think we get mixed messages uh from people right in the sense of at sometimes the message that we get is oh yeah no bring bring yourself to this relationship this job right whatever you're doing you show up be 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 you yeah go, but, go for uh, it do it yeah. yeah it's like oh okay and then on like the you flip that you flip that like paper over and you realize like mm, but there's like a limit to that right so it's like we want you to be you but not in the not to the point where it uh disrupts comfort where it disrupts uh the way we've been doing things for years right yeah so that's one that's one mixed message that we get sometimes and then other times um the message that we get is no like you gotta be super just type a all the time you just have to be structured and rigid and then there's this unspoken thing well why aren't you innovating Right. There's like this expectation for you to do more. But but what you what you signed me up to do was to be, you know, a square. Right. But then you're wondering why, like, no innovation happens. Right. So I think sometimes we think we want some something. And I would say this this soulful presence that every individual brings their organization, brings their relationships. We think that we want that until it rocks the boat a little bit, right? Or we think it's useless until we realize, man, like there's there's something that's really missing here. Yeah, absolutely. You, you just reminded me also of one of your most powerful answers. I believe it was you on the panel. Someone asked, you know, about sharing in relationship, and what to talk about, when is it too much? And I think it was you who said that what you don't want to bring too much of is your trauma, right? Mm, yeah. That was you, right? And so it, it, yeah. I, I asked that because it's like, I'm curious to ask you specifically about this idea of being yourself. Mm. You know, just be yourself. And it's like, you know, kind of the same thing about it at work, like just be you, bring it, like bring something new, bring yourself. And that there's a mixed message in that too. And at work, very much so, because there are certain ways you have to be with your boss and there's certain ways you have to be professional, but there's that message of be yourself and same in partnership, right? Like be yeah. yourself, but at the same time, be mysterious. Like 
All right. these so, <laughs> so I would love That's to so hear, good. Yeah, I would love yeah. to talk about it and like what does it mean to you to be yourself and how does one go on that journey of discovering what it is to really be that authentic self? Because it, you know, it's it. There's so many layers to that, really, of being yourself. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because, um, you know, our friend Oren, he's the one that introduced me to you, and uh, and he he followed up with my question, and he kind of rounded it off, right? He's like, he's like, if I'm the guy that's like, be soulful, be yourself. Oren's like, no, be every part of yourself. Don't like separate, like. <laughs> Oren takes that to the uh, to the oh next level, yeah, so and I and I love it, and it and it rounds it off because what he brought up was a was a was a very important thing. It's like like your trauma is not is is a part of your story, so you have to bring that part of your story into your world, right? Um, so when I say, and I and I think that's a great point. So when I say um you know be yourself like don't you know a better way to say it, for me to say it is don't primarily bring your unresolved trauma in into things right it's this idea of one of my teachers he talks about the pain and the the trauma that we experienced in our lives and how a lot of times what ends up happening is we don't we don't work it through us we either try to bypass it, right? Or we just are unaware of it. But in both cases, what ends up happening is we end up just blowing it through other people rather than metabolizing it and using it as fuel for ourselves, right? Using it as that energy for us and our, our, our own growth, right? So when I say that in this context of authenticity, I think about this idea of metabolism. There's so many parts of our lives that, and, and very much it should be like this, that are unresolved. And we are people that want so much resolve, so much resolution, but there's so much of us that is so unfinished, right? Um, I don't think we really wanna look at this tree and maybe we are like, okay, I don't want, I don't necessarily imagine this tree growing any bigger, or I don't just want it to be bigger than it is. But the idea that a tree is, is done growing or, <laughs> or that a plant, it's just like, all right, like, great. You're, you're roses and you're grown. And that's the end, you know, that, that, thinking about those ideas right as we're as we're imagining this thing of growth and and nature right it's like oh that that sounds terrible right but some for some reason we expect that to be ourselves right <laughs> we expect all right um i'm here i'm 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 grown in all these areas so understanding that we're we're always we're always moving we're always growing sometimes that growth is um, stepping back. Sometimes that growth is pivots. Sometimes that growth is moving forward. Sometimes that growth is hitting a wall and either <laughs> trying to push through that wall, go around that wall, knocking into that wall, digging a digging a hole under whatever, however we can get get through, right? The the resistance that causes growth. But in all of these moments, the obstacles, the the relationships, 
the ones that that help us become more of ourselves, the ones that great against us, they all are doing the work of giving us stuff that we need to chew on and that we need to digest, right? And the good stuff gives us fuel. And when I say the good stuff, I'm not talking about good emotions versus bad emotions. I think emotions are good, right? So even the bad emotions are the good stuff. If we can chew them, if we can let it use that energy in constructive ways, right? So showing up authentic, authentically as ourself in this context, I would say, are we doing the work of what needs to be metabolized? Are we aware of ourselves? Do we have a way to do self-reflection? And do we have people who have permission to see us and help us be the mirror, right? They, they become our mirrors. So we can, so we can see, hey, that, that's actually not something that you need to spew out of you. That's not something that needs to be blown out on other people because it's actually damaging for them. And, it's, and, and, and ultimately it's damaging for you as well. So we show up with, with flavor. And I, I love that, that word flavor for like the style, the soul. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't want to add too much salt. Like then it's gonna, yes. it's not gonna taste good. Yeah. Yes. I, I so get it. You know? And it's like, as I'm hearing you, I'm thinking about how there's like just a pace at which we can share things. Like just because you're not going to share your, you know, deepest trauma the first day, doesn't mean it's not okay to share it at all. It's just that we do take time, even in relationship to metabolize, right? I love that word. Like there's just absorption of of information that is slow and we can take it easy and we don't have to, yeah, like maybe we don't have to like, like pour over someone and be like, do you accept that? Like, am I okay for you? Right, right, right. So it's not hiding, but maybe it's like slowly, yeah, like slowing it down. Okay, so let's look at the let's look at the emotion that people have the the most negative reaction to, right? Anger. Yeah. That is something that, you know, as I mentioned before, I've muted so much in my life as a kid. I was really aggressive and it came out of it was unhealthy. It was out of a it was out of a survival, you know, if I if I'm not showing and acting like I'm I'm tough, if I'm not just like uh, you know, somebody, somebody does something to me, if I'm not like just getting into a fist fight with them after, then somebody else is going to think that I'm not, um, that they can do something to me. Right. So I have to, you know, it was a survival tactic. And then I got older and I'm like, okay, Chris, like, you know, we grown up, so we don't, we don't fight anymore. Right. Like, but I went all the way the other the other way right right because there was that element of like your the color of your skin right and it's like I don't want to be that that stereotypical thing that everyone pictures right the black aggressive man yes yes even as I like you know when I talk to somebody from Jersey and New York and (laughs) you know it's people like why are you why are you yelling it's like we're not yelling we're just talking but that's just what happens that energy that excitement you know yeah (laughs) but as I say all that to say you know, in some ways that softening made me develop deep presence, right? Because I didn't have the soft side of myself 
developed, but I did it at the cost of turning off the fire. Mm. Right. You're speaking to my heart right now. And it really is interesting. So I, I mean, I've, um, I've worked, I grew up a preacher's kid, right? So I've, I've worked in churches at, 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 at points in my life and things like that. And a lot of times when we've, when we've been in those kinds of spaces, like we, we, we hear like, you know, you know, you got to just be, just be nice to everybody, be loving, be soft, be somber. But like, I think of like anybody that made a movement, like, you know, they got angry about like injustices, right? (laughs) They got angry about, you know, Jim Crow in the South, right? Like, these are like dudes that preach sermons on Sundays, right? But like, they, they realize like, yo, we need to get angry about this stuff. Now, I don't aggressively need to beat the mess out of somebody out of my anger. I can metabolize that anger in a way to propel a movement, right? So you cut off your anger, you cut off your power. (laughs) Yeah, it is such a, like, seriously, it's like, it's so wild that that you're saying this right now, because first off, like, I just want to like point out just this like natural flow of swinging the pendulum, right? Like sometimes we got to go all the way to the other extreme to tap into something new, to learn how to go back in the middle. And I can so relate to that. I mean, I, I feel like I haven't been getting angry about what I'm passionate about, like what I want to help people with. And I'm, and I get angry within myself and I, and I have that motivation, but I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to tell people what to do. So then I went all the other way and it's like, I accept you the way you are. If you don't want to do something, it's okay. But I just so resonate with what you're saying, which is, you know, take that anger to, um, to use it to drive you, right? To use it to fight for the things that are worth fighting for. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I would even go a little a little deeper and say, you know, a lot of times, like when we're talking about energy and specifically certain emotions, you can put certain emotions, like maybe you can put them on, you can maybe put them on a heat scale, right? <laughs> hot ones or whatever, you know, like you put it on a heat scale, like, you know, yellow to, you know, whatever, whatever the hottest, red, orange, whatever the hottest one is. And a lot of times what we think is that we're going to put, you know, we're going to put the emotions that we've deemed negative on the very like hot heat side, all of them, they'll be there. And all the ones that are what we would consider in society as positive emotions, we'll put those on the on the mild side of the heat scale, right? But if we're doing those binaries, it doesn't work. Anger, for example, and excitement, like one of them, when I say, when I say anger, the first thing we think is like, you know, tense up, ready to fight. We we typically look at that as a negative emotion. Excitement. We look at that as a positive emotion, but they're both on the same heat index for me. Right. Same amount of energy. Yes. So a lot of times when we're angry, we think we need to diffuse our anger, right? But anger can actually easily be translated to excitement, right? So we can change the narrative if we take out the binary, right? So think of where we are 
Well, I, I just wanted to ask, yeah, I'd love to hear an example of what that looks like in a relationship. Like, let's say you're in a relationship and your partner like didn't wash the dishes and they said they would and you're really fucking angry. Like, what does it look like to, yeah, like not diffuse the anger? <laughs> Let it be. Because you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you something that happened today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, I'm staying with my mom right now and the, the woman that, you know, works for my mom that cleans, that the washes the, the, ha- the dishes in the house and the clothes. There are some things in my closet that just were ruined because of the way that she washed them. And for some reason, it's like, there's something about feeling my clothes and the textures fucked that makes me so angry. And my mom was there and I'm talking and we're talking and I just feel this anger rising and I throw my clothes on the floor and I scream, ah, you know, <laughs> and I did that like three times. And then I was like, okay, you know, I moved it through me and it was, it, it actually felt very different than like yelling at someone and being like, fuck you, you fucking did this. You know, it was very different. Yes. And I love it. And I felt like, you know how sometimes when you're telling, when you're retelling a story, like you like lose, you like lose the energy of it. Uh, I didn't feel like that. I felt like, yes, I'm in the room. I got it. Yes. And I checked in with my mom and I'm like, are you okay? Like, did I just scare you? And she was like, no, it's okay. I love you. I love your, your I love your anger. And I'm, I'm curious. What, yeah, what does it look like for you in a relationship? Like, how, what do you do when that anger comes up? And, you know, you don't want to direct it towards someone. I mean, that's, that's great. That what you just, what you just ex- expressed was great. I want to work with that. Okay. <laughs> so the scenario, something happened. Yeah. Right. Something that was supposed to be a good thing turned into a really bad thing. <laughs> I felt zero control in that moment. You felt like, like I zero control. This. Yes. But it happened to you like and that's and that's the thing. So the scenario, it's your stuff, right? Something happened to you. And because of that, you had heat index, emotion, Mm. anger. Yes. Right. (laughs) Right. And the rest of the scenario is your mom's sitting right there, too. And. The interesting thing that I noticed about that was your mom and you both knew that the anger was not directed towards your mom. Yeah. So the scenario happens, something happened to you, you experienced this thing, you expressed, you expressed heat and indexed emotion, anger, but the mutuality and the relationship that y'all have when you express that anger it wasn't this blowing it out at your mom it actually you actually did the the excitement thing right so there are there are physical things that we can do (laughs) that like through our body that embody let out that excitement like voice is the biggest is the biggest one so like that right which is just so like taboo like we have such a negative outlook of that you know I would even say so that scenario obviously your mom has known you your whole life right she knows 
you know, and I would imagine that, you know, you get some of that from her, like some of that, some of that fire, that good, that good fire. What happens when you're in a relationship with somebody and this is like your first time when you, <laughs> when you blow up, I don't, I don't think the response should change. See, I, I think, you know, you give anybody that scenario, <laughs> probably like the first date, it will, it will freak somebody out. Right. Yeah. And, but hopefully, hopefully on your first date, like somebody doesn't make you heat index angry. <laughs> yeah. Or the, at, at that level. Yeah. Like that was a big trigger for me. Yeah. It's just like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think this is, this is working, but, but somebody that you've been in consistent relationship with and like, you finally experienced like the extreme emotion. Right. Or, or the, the, the thing that happens that, that makes you express the extreme emotion, express it. And I won't even say defuse, but blow it out. Right. Not in their direction, what they're going to think at first, maybe probably is, oh my goodness, she's, she's blowing this at me. And then you bring back into the relationship that you have. And this is where you can like teach, right? All right. I just needed to express that. I need to get that out of my body. I'm not going to hit you. I'm not like, <laughs> you know, this is, this is, this is a me, this is a me thing. And, and I want to let you into my world of, of experiencing this. Right. Wow. So, so now we've, we've taken this as, as, as creating language. I'm going to take it another step further. My wife and I, and this is more like bringing it home. There's this idea in uh, relationships, typically one person turtles, one person storms to protect, oh. right? Typically, you know, some people, they, they're like, you know, it's like one storms, the other one storms more, the other one storms more. But typically this is that the dynamic of, um, of relationships that, that, I often, that I often see. I'm the calm turtle. Right. I think we need to we need to not think of that turtling as weakness. We need to we need to think of it as stubbornness. Mm. Right. It is the way I fight. Right. So fight unfair, stonewalling. Right. Silence for long times. Wow. So I'm I'm turtling. She's storming. I turtle more. <laughs> she storms more you know <laughs> it's like it's like a way of saying like you're not gonna get me like I'm gonna be quiet and calm I'm gonna let you get even louder right 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 so this is this is a very real scenario and I mean me and my wife I mean we started dating like 12 years ago like we were basically like learning how to be adults together right so this is something that still comes up but something that we've had to work a lot through over the years I remember one time where she says where she said and this was like a few years ago she's like you know me yelling at you trying to hurt you yelling at you it doesn't satisfy me anymore right she had been doing her own work and for me like shutting her out didn't satisfy me anymore but the energies that we both have like she needs to express passion and I need to, on one side, I need to express passion too, but I, I, and another thing that I need to, I need to find safety in myself. 
So one thing that I do, again, like the energy I'm feeling of the stubbornness, what I turn that into is presence for myself. And then when I have that presence for myself, I communicate, all right, I'm gonna, hey, I'm not ready to talk right now, but I, I will be, but I heard you. And I needed to stay true to that, you know, internal presence. And then for her, same thing. She'll like start <laughs> yelling, but, and express, even when she's frustrated at me, she'll express what it is that's, what it is that's frustrating her. What it does is it makes it like, I'm not trying to cut you down with this. I'm trying to express myself to you and I want this to change. And this scenario makes me feel out of control. Uh, this scenario makes me feel unsafe especially when you're the causation of it, right? Like, and I need to express that to you and I don't want to hurt you, but you need to know how I'm feeling and you need to know the heat of this, you know, because you're, you're involved in the, in the pain that I feel from it, right? So I guess I gave you two examples on the two different sides of the spectrum there, right? Like, Yeah, well, I'm hearing a lot of like, that destructive behavior that you have find out what purpose it's trying to serve and then once you change the name of that the game changes like the way you show up there changes you know like it was so powerful right. to hear you say like the storming is actually coming from a place of wanting self-expression and once you name it that way then mm. you show up different yes yes oh my so goodness powerful. well i mean anytime i mean we've been in this were in these worlds for a while and we've done all the personality tests and systems and assessments um you know i work primarily with the enneagram but one common thing that i see in everybody if you ask what's your greatest strength and you ask what's your greatest weakness it's the same coin and two different sides of it right the thing that gives you a power is almost always going to be the thing that will destroy you if it's unchecked and will like just destroy every, every relationship that you have or every opportunity that you have. If that power isn't, I won't even say controlled. I'm going to say harnessed, utilized for the per for its purpose. Right. And this is, this is what we have, but a lot of times what we aren't honest with ourselves about and what we aren't honest with other people about is this idea that man this is really when you're when you're spiraling when you're having uh when you're experiencing distress and 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 unsafety this what you're expressing to me man when that's harness that's your superpower a lot of times we we tell people like yo stop the behavior of what you're doing with no validation of their greatness, right? Or we see the opposite, somebody who expresses opposite energy systems, I think is like those, like specifically coaches who are like tigers and like, yeah, go get it and do your, you know, follow your fucking dreams and, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's never gonna be my, my lane. I don't need it to be my lane, but it's, but it's easy to see that, man, like, that's not how I show up and their grass looks way greener than mine. So I want to be, I want to be that thing. That's, that's really not me. 
right? That's why being yourself is such a complicated thing. Like, you know, it's not that simple. And, and, and harnessing is such a big part of that, that you might think you're being yourself and and everyone out there is kind of like, whoa, but it might be because there is this harnessing that you haven't mastered within yourself. So it's not yourself that's not resonating, but the way that you're putting it out there. Yeah. So one of the, one of the things I've, I've been working with it, this idea of there are these five elements of um, soulful living, but one of them is finding your ancestors and your elders. And this idea that a lot of times we, we tell people, you have permission to, to do this or give yourself permission to do this. But if somebody goes their whole life without having someone be a permission giver, for the thing that they're trying to change, it's really hard for somebody to give themselves permission if they've never seen somebody, if they've never seen a path tracked out where that, where they are, what they're doing, what they have is positive, right? Somebody that this worked out for, right? So an elder is someone who's still alive, right? You might know them or you might know them through their work, their books, their, you know, their podcasts, whatever. Um, they're a little further. They're a little wiser, but they're still here in this realm, this place, this physical place. Seeing them move through the world, listening to the way they speak about things, right? The language that they have around and, and, and taking on some of that shared language. This is the first step to permission. Right. Um, some people, we know those people in our lives. Right. Usually in some ways, it's um, it ends up being part of our parents. But a lot of times it ends up being like the uncle, the cousin, the person that's not in the household that you've seen move through the world. Right. And then you have your ancestors. Right. These are the people who are not with us in this physical plane, this physical space. They have went on before us. You may know them or you may not know them, right? But it's history, right? Whose history uh, speaks to where I'm at, right? So, you know, I have a wall of, of people I would consider my ancestors of, you know, I got Bruce Lee behind me. I got the business owners of Black Wall Street. I got um, Congressman John Lewis. I got Biggie Smalls, right? you know, people whose books I'm reading right now, a lot of, um, a lot of Black feminist writers, uh, bell hooks. I'm just thinking like you, you want to jump off the cliff, but you want to know that someone swam. Like you, you want to know that you're not going to be eaten by sharks when you jump off. Yes, yes, yes. So who's, who's, who's moving through the world in a way that lets me know that I can be safe? Who moved through the world, created a path, charted it their way, right? Oh, my Angelou. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, there's there's these there's these people that you can call on in your in your journey. It's like, man, I don't have the courage. I don't have the courage to do this today, to engage with this today. What would <laughs> such and such do? right what has such and such to like you know yeah i for me personally 
it's the reminder of doing the things that are uncomfortable and, and doing the things that are like, I'm doing this because I believe in something greater. I'm not doing this because I like, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this for this bigger idea. You know, that's, I tap into certain people when, when I'm up to something like that. And, and that's the, and that's the thing. A lot of times I'm bringing it back to where we are today, right? Where maybe elders aren't as accessible, right? The way they may have been. And for you, like, just, I think of, you know, being in physical presence with people, right? you'd go and see aunties, uncles and different things like that. And that's not, that's not happening as much anymore. Right. Um, so we find new elders or we remember our, our, our old elders by, you know, digging into digging into the work of the people who are, who are, um, who are inspiring us. Right. Yeah. That's so good. I'm sitting with it. I'm sitting with it. It feels good to bring, bring that presence in the space, right? One of the biggest things that people are struggling with today is this, um, I feel alone, mm, right? Yeah. And there's, and there's really no way to get around that feeling like I, you know, I live in a house with a wife and sometimes our work makes us go past each other, right? We can be in the same house with somebody, but just like, the individualized experiences and the pain of these past few years <laughs> makes a lot of people feel alone. So bringing in the spirit and the soulfulness of, of other, of other people, um, these other types of community, the community of elders, the community of, um, of ancestors, it, it, it girds us, right? It like, mm, yeah. Do you guys have any practices that you do you do to bring yourselves back together when you notice that you're drifting apart? I don't think there's there's anything better than a than a walk. Uh, <laughs> so simple, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even even like the the sex the the sexual intimacy of a relationship sometimes based on the intensity of life and the distance like sexual intimacy isn't always the most connective thing in that in that in that moment right because sometimes it it it's not it's not necessarily grounded <laughs> right um so the the walk right like then i was all right let's let's go let's go walk our trail let's mm. let's get presence again right let's move our bodies let's get presence again let's let's talk or not <laughs> right a lot of times that 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 moving together makes us open makes us open yeah open it's different energy than sitting together there's like a restlessness tendency to go to your head whereas when you're walking yeah you're you're in your body more because you got to move it yeah 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 and that i mean that honestly becomes the the best thing and I don't find that we go on walks. This is the thing we need to talk about. Never, that's the, never is that the case. But as we move, there's something that just opens us up. And then we start talking about the, <laughs> the biggest, baddest 
and best things on on the walks. And I found that most of our most of our issues get resolved on walks or in front of the ocean, right? Like just these moments of where where place, right? And and moving our body and experiencing uh, the calming presence of of nature, right? Those end up being the times when, yeah, like we we rarely work through the deep issues sitting on the couch. We were in Hawaii uh, last month and we were there for just a week and our condo was right on the ocean, right? Whale watching the whole time, just like overlooking a cliff, right? And on that back porch, looking at the ocean, going back and forth between our binoculars, looking at whales, breaching, drinking mezcal, and uh, <laughs> and just going in and out of conversation. We've said things to each other that we've never said to each other in 12 years of being together. Oh my gosh. Right? This is the power of getting out into these beautiful spaces. Yeah, we weren't moving our bodies at this time, but the calm of the place grounded us, right? So nature walks, yeah. Right, I just hear that connection and communication can be easier. Like it can get easier. We have all these things to support that. Like go outside, have a conversation by nature, move your body. It's, you know, it's, I mean, I don't know about you, but in my world, there's a lot of people talking about how when you're in the city and you're in the grind, you need more meditation and more grounding and more silence. Whereas when you're in nature, like you don't even need to meditate, you know, it's like we need more work because we're living in such stressful environments. And I just think there are tools that make things easier. Just like this is one that you're mentioning, you know, like the world can support you in, in, in connection and expression and you can use it to your benefit. I really love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this conversation today. I feel like we could speak for two more hours. I know. And, you know, this is this is just kind of a, a reminder, you know, again, we in the beginning, I said, you know, I booked these with my friends because, you know, this is an opportunity for me to just kind of have a conversation and talk about the stuff that matters, you know, totally. and it's just a reminder that I need to I need to talk to you more. Yeah, same. Because <laughs> I'm so curious. It's like we didn't even we barely even spoke about your relationship, you know, which is which is so funny, but it just means we're going to have to have a part two because I'm, I'm very curious about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and I just also want to share. So Chris right now is is um, speaking in front of this wall with all these images that he mentioned with Bruce Lee and Black Wall Street and Biggie. Yeah, it's um, it's really special for me to see you in front of these because what I see in them, like none of them are smiling, you know. And what I see is that power in bringing the anger forward and and having it like have you stand up for what you believe in and be that leader that you want to be, you know. And that's like what we talked about today and something that's very much coming up from in my life right now. You know, I'm I'm healing um my gut and. UTI symptoms and that's that comes from repressed anger and a lot of people are loving like more of the you know 
more of these sides of me that I'm showing on social media, like more of that passion and anger. And so, yeah, this conversation was really helpful for me too. Yeah. I've, I've just loved the way you've been showing up because I could, you know, we, we haven't known each other for, for super long, but I saw the pivot, right? I saw the <laughs> shift and I'm like, Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. I'm watching. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the way you, for the way you show up. It's serving you primarily, but it's, but it's serving us as well because we get you fully expressed. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. I'm sure you can relate to when you decided to unedit yourself, you know, and it's like, oh man, it is safe for me to express this part of me that I've been pushing down. Right. It's and, so and uncomfortable. I, Ugh, and honestly, good. like the, the hardest thing about it was like losing, losing support, losing pockets of community. Right. We're like, yeah, all right. We rocked with this version of you, but you know, we didn't sign up for this version of you. And that is, it's painful at first, but it's like the greatest gift that you can receive is to have someone say, Hey, you are part of this part of my journey. Uh, I'm no longer going to have you on this part of uh, my journey. And and that's great because you're moving more into not tribalism, but what I would call your true tribe. Yeah. Right. This ecosystem, this community of we, we talk like this and we, we practice this and we believe this and we treat people this way. And for me, that is this embodied way of showing up. Like we, we move together. We move through the world, moving, um, moving within ourselves, moving together. And it's beautiful to find your people, right? It really is. Uh, thank you so much for bringing, bringing so much of yourself on this call today, on this, on this recording conversation. How can people reach out to you and connect with you? What are you offering these days? Obviously, my podcast, we're currently recording season two, the Soulfully You podcast with Coach Chris Rodriguez. You can find that wherever you find your podcast. You can find all of my coaching programs at coachchrisrodriguez.com. Uh, right now, I am doing a cohort, Soul Life Balance. It's a six-week six uh, masterclass where we're in, we're we're working together on practices that help us to put soulfulness back at the center of our life, right? And how we can basically bring that into our relationships, bring that into our home life, bring it into our work life, bring it out into our mission. So that cohort is going on now and I'll be running another one uh, here soon. And then on social media, um, I'm pretty active at coach underscore Chris Rodriguez. You can also follow the podcast at Soulfully You Podcast on Instagram. Amazing. And also look out sometime in the next couple of months, we will be having another panel that Chris will be on. So look out for either one of our Instagrams. We'll be sharing about it with a bunch of other, other men. 
yeah, lots of exciting opportunities coming up. Thank you, girl. This is this has been great. Hey you, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Commitment Phobe. If you like what you heard, make sure to share with your friends, your lovers, your ex-lovers, anyone that you think could benefit from having a conversation like this one. And it would be super helpful if you subscribed and left a five-star rating on iTunes to make sure that this podcast gets spread around to as many listeners as possible and we can start changing the conversation that we have around intimacy and relationships. If you want to find out more information about what I do as a women's coach and some of my other projects that I'm working on, you can find my information in the bio of this episode or you can reach out to me directly on Instagram and shoot me any questions that you have. See you next time.